right, good morning, everybody. Can you start? I think so, all right? All right. So, so what we did uh, over these last uh, two months now is we've gone through the topic of secular studies in a way that's almost to reverse order. We did the various different Rishonim and Achronim that were against secular studies or for secular studies. We went through the position of the Rambam in some detail, all the different sides of the Rambam, the views for him, against him, and the Rambam's potentially own view. So now what I wanted to do, and these this week and next week, I'm not sure if we'll get two more weeks out of it, is really to uh, to go through the actual, the, you know, the 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 Ur text to go through the the real Chazal sources themselves. So we start out with the mission in Saita. The mission in Saita says, "But Pulmas shalas pasionos, the uh, war that was fought with Vespasian, Gozral atres chasanim. They made a gezera that." The Hassanim shouldn't wear crowns anymore. Whatever they used to have some sort of a tiara. They said no more, no more wearing of the tiara. Why? Because the 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 war, the suffering, you know, for the Jewish people is that we don't, we're not wearing crowns anymore. Um, and they made some other gazeras, Eros, and also on a person who was engaged that what he shouldn't be doing. But shall Titus by the war of Titus goes al Atris Kalis, the tiara that a Kali used to wear. And a person shouldn't teach his son Yavanas. This is where it starts. So, in other words, you had Vespasian, you have his son Titus, and, and the son Titus, they made a gazera against the tiaras for Kalas and against teaching your son Yavanas. Remember here, it doesn't say Lashon Yavanas, Chachmas, it says just plain Yavanas. And then it says, but Pumas Ha'achran, and the last Pumas, the last war, which is the great war, the war of Hadrian, Bar-Kreshwa revolt, they made more Gezeres, she shouldn't walk out with an Imperial, again, some sort of uh, ornament, and the Rabbanu Ramatar, that she could walk around like that. That is the Mishnah in Saita. The Tesefta in Saita, this is all at the end of Saita, the Tesefta in Saita says something very similar, but a little bit different. So the Tesefta in Saita says that in the Pulmas of Aspasianus in the war of Vespasian, they made a gezer on Atres Chasanim, but it's a weird sort of a, a gezer. It says that you're not allowed to wear a crown of Melach or Gophris, right? Remember coming with Parshan and some Gophris of that you couldn't wear, but you could wear a tiara made out of Hadas and Vered, out of like some, you know, uh, uh, how do you say it? Myrtle, you know, that you would be able to wear some sort of tiara like that, which sounds like exactly like a Roman, you know, kind of a tiara. You know, the pictures of the Romans, the tiaras always had like the roses, the flowers, and this. I don't, I don't understand why that seems almost opposite. Not sure. Then the Tesefta continued, the Pilmas shall Titus by, by the sun. Titus's war goes real atris kalis. Again, the same we saw in the Mishnah. What that, what are they allowed to do? They weren't allowed to walk around in the tiaras of gold, which would make sense, but they were allowed to walk around the keeper shall melach with salt, you know, a type of a crown. In other words, with something that was denigrating, with something that was not so fancy, that they were allowed to do. And Vishala Yilmad as Banov Yavanas, and he shouldn't teach his son Yavanas. But Hetiru Lahat Vesha Gamliel Lilame Bene Yavanas, but they were Matir 
teaching Yavanas to the children, where? In the house of Rabbi Gamliel. That shows you that this Gezerah, right, which is the time of Rabbi Gamliel, also had a qualification. It also had a, a heter for who? Rabbi Gamliel's family himself. Rabbi Gamliel himself was the Nazi, he was probably behind the Gezerah. This, they were Matir. Why is that? Because because they were Karvamachos, because of the fact that they they were Stadlonim, you know, in the olden days, the Stadlon, you know, there's throughout our history, they've always been what's known as the core Jew. Uh, we've mentioned here about Brunel as a great example of a core Jew. He was like a finance minister. He was the one who, and for example, in, in Germany, many of the ways that the Jews were able to get emancipation for folks to get better rights was because of the Jews who were the, the core Jews. Effectively, they were the bankers, the financers for the kings. It was the same in Bohemia. It was the same in, in, in throughout Eastern Europe, in Poland, Lithuania, etc. Jews managed to sort of figure their way into the intricacies of high finance of that time, were able to offer the services to the king. They weren't just letting you because they liked you. There was a, once in a while you would have like a Jew, I guess, who was a scholar who somehow managed to get him just on scholarship alone, but you had to offer something to the king. What were you offering to the king? You were essentially offering to bankroll the empire or, or the town or the province or whatever it was. And that's what Jews were tax farmers. Jews were given inns, you know, to run. Like, you know, you always hear the story of the pirates and, you know, the inn, and he's got all the, why, why is that? Why are the pirates is always having the Jew story with the, with the, with the liquor? Like, why is this story not ever with the non-Jew who has the inn with the liquor? The, the answer for that is because the pirates simply didn't trust the non-Jews with the liquor. What he wanted, the pirates, was taxes. So the Goyim are going to the bar, the same way they still do today. You know, I work in an English bank, Scottish bank, and have been there for, you know, 10 plus years. And every time I'm in London, and it happens to be a Thursday, because I try not to I try to be on my flight Thursday, but I have to leave, have to leave on a Friday, Thursday afternoon at 5 o'clock, everything is dead. The lines outside the pubs are enormous. Pre-COVID, I don't know what it's like now. But this is the part of the culture. So... The parts is existing. He's basically existing on the taxes that he's collecting. Who's going to collect the taxes, honestly? The Jew. That's where the Jews are always in the stories, always running these ends. Says the Taisefta that in the last, um, in the last Gezerah of, of Vespasian, of Titus, I'm sorry, they made a Gezerah that you couldn't teach your son Yovanus, except for the family of Argamli was allowed to. And then um, the there's another piece which just mentioned the idea that Bishmal says, It should be that once the base of was destroyed, that really we shouldn't be eating meat or drinking wine. But rather, the Bezdin is not going to make it there that nobody could adhere to. The same thing, by the way, is found where the Gemara Gittin says that really wants to make it there that you shouldn't get married. Right? But obviously, this doesn't work. So in other words, the, the, the despondency, the despair over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash was so great that in theory, we would make we would make rules that would totally obviate normal life, that we would no longer be able to live norm, a normal life. Why didn't we do it? Because obviously we destroyed the Jewish people and people can't exist in such a way. But to this very day, right, the Minig and Rishalayim, Right, it's not, they don't have they don't have bands at weddings, right? The most that they would have in real Yushalmi wedding, maybe they would have like a drummer who's gonna sit there and drum, and that's it. Zehu, because of this point. So 
what we're seeing from these Taisefta and this Mishnah, hopefully is clear, is that there wasn't some concerted effort against the Greeks. What are we seeing here? We're seeing here that there was a, an issue with the Jewish people getting harmed. They were getting destroyed. Whatever the reasons were, we don't have to discuss the antecedent reasons there right now. Whatever the reasons were, the Romans are against the Jews. They're fighting them and they're battling them, Vespasian, the Santitos, all the way down through Hadrian and, and Markechba. Okay. So as a result of or responding to that, they made all these rules. These rules are about that we should no longer celebrate. We should no longer be so happy. Yes, we still have to get married. Yes, we still have to eat meat and drink wine. We still have to do some basic things to lead a normal life. But we shouldn't be reveling in it. We shouldn't be doing this unawares of the fact that the temple is destroyed, that God's place, as it were, has been decimated, and that the, the Shekhinah is in Golas. That is, I think, key to understanding this part of the sugya, which is this Gezerah on Yavanis has nothing to do with the fact that it's secular wisdom. It has nothing to do with the fact that it's Yavanis. What does it have to do with? It has to do with the fact that there was a Chorban. The fact that it was a destruction of the Beis Mikdash. So I ask you, what's the connection? I understand you want to say, don't, don't walk around in a fancy tayara. Don't walk around in, in, in uh, you know, your nice clothes so much so because yeah, you have to some recollection and memory of the fact that the temple is destroyed. Okay. Was Abdul Chachmas Yavanas? Remember, this mission action, they don't say Chachmas, they just say Yavanas. What does that have to do with Yavanas? It's, it's not the Greeks that we're talking about. It's not the time of Hanukkah, we're talking about the Romans. Right, so I'm asking you two questions. What does Yavanis have to do with anything? And what does Yavanis have to do with the destroying of the base of Mikdash, with the, with the decimation of the Jewish people? You hear the question? Those are two points. The third point I want to mention is listen carefully to the words in the mission of Daisefta. The words are, Shilo Yilman has been So you shouldn't teach your son Yavanis. What does it say about you learning yourself, Yovanes? It says not a word. Agreed? It's not a word about you learning. You can learn Yovanes. Don't teach your son about Yovanes. The same thing about your daughter? Doesn't say a word about teaching your daughter, Yovanes. You're smiling. We'll see Yerushalmi. It's not so smiling. Yerushalmi, it's very clear. Rabbi Vo has a very big opinion about this matter, about teaching your daughter Yovanes. No, that's what you would think. But we'll see. Come next week. Preview. All right. So, but you hear the point? The point is, Yovanis doesn't seem to have anything to do with the Romans. A. B. What does Yovanis have to do with the strong of the base of Mikdash? Three. What is Yovanis not teaching Yovanis to your son have anything to do with your daughters? What does not teaching your son Yovanis have anything to do with learning it yourself? We're not. We're leaving it out there right now. I'm not sure that that's, that that's the way I would have come from. I would have come from it from the Gemara Kedushin. There's a mission to teach us on a trade. No, no, not clear. What's clear is only it's coming from the destruction. Right. And somehow it has something presumably to do with the destruction of Titus, whatever he did, this, you know, burn the base, Hamikdash down. But we don't know what. From this Gemara, we don't know what. From this Mishnah, the Sept, we don't know what.
Well, in order to teach it, you would have to know it yourself. The assumption is presumably somebody already knows you shouldn't be teaching it to a son. All right, let's move on now to another Taisefta. This is Taisefta and Avodah The Taisefta is the following. And listen to Taisefta, you'll hear something very different. Shoalu es Rabbi Yeshua. They asked Rabbi Yeshua, Ma'u she'yilamed as benoi, Adam as benoi sefer yivani. They asked Rabbi Yeshua, right, one of the great Tanoim, Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, right, one of the greatest of the Tanoim, the Rebbe of Rabbi Akiva, the protagonist in the battle against Rabbi Kabbalah, Rabbi Gnehav, Rabbi Shoshana, right, he had his own calendrical issues, right, this is the same Rabbi Yeshua in the battle of Rabbi Yeshua ben Horkinus, right, about the oven of Achnoi, right, this is the same Rabbi Yeshua ben Hananya, who I think what I, I, I prepared over here this in this uh, thing, a bunch of things about Rabbi Yeshua to show you the point. I get across a little bit about who Rabbi Yeshua was, so you can have an appreciation of this opinion. They asked Rabbi Yeshua, Are you allowed to teach your kid stay for Yavani? Remember, not Yavani, this time it's a book of Greek. What did he say? Go teach your son this Sefer Yavani at a time that's not day or night. Because the Torah says in Yeshua, when the, when the, when the Malach came to Yeshua, he said to him that you should be engrossed, engaged in Torah day and night. So now here's the difference in this Tosefta, right? What's the significant difference in this Tosefta? This Tosefta is saying that they asked Rabbi Yeshua, are you allowed to teach your son a Sefer Yavani? And he said, at a time that's not day or night. At a time that's not day. What does that mean? At a time that's not day or night. Man, Ashmash is okay. That's one way to look at it. Oh, right. So the whole point of Rabbi Yeshua is what? There's nothing to do with the Greeks. There's no mention of the Greeks here. Agreed? There's no mention of the of the Romans here. There's no problem with the destruction of the Hamikdash here. What's the problem? Bittal Tyra. The problem is Bittal Tyra. And this, right, Bittal Tyra as an issue is a very different issue than the Taisefta and the Mishnah and Saita that we just saw. Right? Because in the in the in the Mishnah, the Taisefta and Saita, the reason for not learning Greek is why? Because of the fact that it has nothing to do with the Romans, with the destruction of Titus and Vespasian and, and Hadrian. But over here in the in the uh in the Tesefta and Avayda Zara, Rabbi Shua is saying that the reason you're not allowed to teach your son to say for Yavani is because of the fact that teaching your son a say for Yavani is going to be essentially Mivata Tara. You should be learning Tara all day. When's the time to teach your son? There is no time. Day and night, you're supposed to be busy learning. There's no time. Remember that Tesefta will come again to it in Marmon office. So, so I think maybe some would say, I don't remember how many weeks anymore. So we mentioned, we mentioned it for two seconds now. The Gemara Menachem says a similar thing. You remember we did like two months ago? Shoalu ben Dama as Rabbi Shmuel, right? Ben Dama was the nephew of Rabbi Shmuel and he asked him, when can I study that I have what? Learned right? This guy said about himself, I learned Remember, 
We mentioned Vendama was very interesting because he got bitten by some sort of a snake or some problem. He was sick. And and they the the uncle, Bishmo, wouldn't let him get healed by an Apicaris doctor. And he died. Bendama died. He never becomes one of the famous Tanan. But Bendama asked his uncle, Rabbi Shmo, Ben Achaisei, the, the son of the sister of Rabbi Shmo, Ani, who, Ani, who has learned, call Kula, Mahu, Lil my to study Greek. And what did Rabbi Shmo say back then? Yeah, what you're allowed to study Greek at a time that's not day or night. Because it says, So, and that's even more strong than this, than this Tesefta Navarazar. Why? Because in this Tesefta Navarazar, we're just asking a random question. What about me? An ignoramus, I want to study Greek. And Tarishu was saying, no, first study called Tarakula, right? But not in the story of the Gemara Menachas. The Gemara Menachas is a much stronger story. Why? Because the Gemara Menachas, Ben Dom already says, I learned Kala Tarakula. is not challenging him. Maybe he didn't learn that second so well. No. He loathes Kala Tarakula. And he's saying, okay, I'm already done. But now, what about me to learn? Because you first have to learn. Yeah, so so you first have to learn, for sure, right? Remember the Raman last week, uh, the Raman last week, the Raman last week Sunday class. We talked about that the Raman in Paragdal there, and he'll say that Tara says that even though really everybody should be studying, ideally that we should be studying Pardes, but. You first have to study the Dover Katan, which is what the advice of Abayah and Rava, because they're Miyashiva person. You first have to study the basis of Kal Tarakula, then you worry about all the fancy stuff, all the metaphysics at the end. But first you have to do the basics. No, they're not saying that at all. Correct, we'll get to that. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was uh, in high school, we had a, we, I was in a school in Santa Ana called YPT. And there was a uh, the 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 big yeshiva sat on the on the Feinsteins. and the Feinsteins had all their sons, son in law, all the various people from the yeshiva, who many times were rabbeim in YPT. and they were fantastic because they were very different than rabbeim from other places. They were very very normal, like they played basketball with us, they ate stam. I mean, like my first time eating chalav stam was with them on a Friday. We're going to Shabbaton. It's ninth grade. We're going to Carvel to eat ice cream. Like if it's good enough for the Feinsteins, it's good enough for me, right? So this was my uh, my 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 uh, getting to know the Feinstein family. Over the course of time, I had a relationship with Reuben Feinstein's son, and then with Dobbin Feinstein, same as his uncle. And he told us this story. He's such a like a humble person. That he didn't even have what he was saying, like what it meant. But he tells us that you know he he asked his grandfather Moshe, you know, because the Gemara says that a person should get married right between the ages of 18, 24 years old. He should get married, right? And every day they don't get married when you hit a certain age. The the you get like the, the mouth, the Yitzhar say, like, oh, this guy, he's up to no good. So he said he went to it. Moshe said, listen, you know, look, I know the Halakha says you should get married. I understand. The Halakha says you should learn Tyra. Right? Learn Tyra is essentially a balance of tremendous contradictory things. All the time there are issues. Well, yes, you're supposed to dive in. Yes, you're supposed to uh help your wife. Yes, you're supposed to take care of your kids. Yes, you're supposed to learn. Which one is which time? How do I manage? How do I balance it all? This is our challenge in all of our lives. How do we balance all of the competing needs? Right? You have to have a wise brain in order to be able to balance. 
Otherwise, they say, look, I'm learning Kala Darkula all day long, all night long. But, oh, I put family up, I can go. They can go pack Afanyam. They can do whatever they want. I have to learn. Right? Obviously, as a person, he's an imbecile. He doesn't understand the first basics about Tyra. And maybe you should learn Shachanach and learn about all those other applications. So I'm saying that it's, it's complicated the whole lifetime to understand the hierarchy of values and how to balance the competing values on a person's time. So he said to his grandfather, he said, that I'm going to be finishing I'm going to learn Ian. but I, I don't know it well enough yet. I, I want to know Ian before I get married. I don't have a hector not to get married until I'm 24. By that time, is my program, I'll be finished. So much said, okay, it's fine. Maybe get married. Can't have it. 25 years old because of you. <laughs> you know, you had a Seder. So I'm saying we're talking about people. They're not wasting time. It's not like, you know, old YouTube videos all day long, right? They have a plan. So this person is asking, saying, can I? Can I learn? Ben Dhamma says, I learned culture. I've already done it. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm spit. So I'm the best. Can I now study Yavanis? Everybody says no. Period. And the time is not there at night. You're still supposed to learn. There's always more tired to learn. It's never enough. Yeah. All right. So what's the background? So now we've seen two different strands of thought. Yes. On one hand, we see that Yavanis is us or why? Because something to do with the destruction of the temple. Yes. On the other hand, we've seen why is Yavanis Aser? What's the reason that we've been seeing in the last two months is most common? We haven't been seeing much of the Greeks. We haven't seen, oh, it's a warning of the temple. We have to be tzibrochen. We shouldn't be studying Greek because we don't want to be too happy. No one's talking that, right? All we've been seeing is what? Bittal Taira. That's a big one. We saw that Rebarak Bear. We saw a lot of Bittal Taira. And we also saw what? The whole idea that Minos is Mashka. Yevonis is Mashka. Right, that's what we saw about Ben Dama, his uncle Bishma wouldn't let him get healed. We wouldn't let him get healed by the Min doctor. Why? Because if he gets healed by the Min, he's gonna be doing doing meanness. He's not gonna be interested in terror anymore. The Greek wisdom has a way of infiltrating your heart, and then you will not be interested as much in studying Torah. So we've seen those kind of reasons, but no one's mentioning the reason about the issue with the Romans. But it, that's where it seems to have started. So let's look at the Gemara. The Gemara says in Saito, the Gemara says a story about the Malchus Kashmanoi. You know that the Hasmoneans, they were Kahanim. They were taking what they would, didn't belong to them. Why? Because the Kahanim should have stayed with the Kahuna. Instead, what happened was, is that during the time of the revolt against the Seleucid Greeks during Hanukkah, they revolted against the Greeks. They went back a measure of independence. And what happened? Instead of giving back the key to the kingdom, the rightful heirs from Yehuda, they keep it for themselves. Maybe they thought in the beginning that they were going to be good guardians, that they couldn't trust anybody. After all, most of the people were Hellenists. They were willing to become very Greek and everything. But whatever it was, at some point in time, those reasons were no longer. They were holding on to the kingship because they wanted to hold on to power. And the denouement of the Hasmoneans, the Gemara tells us that anybody who says that they are from Malchus Hashmanoi, they're what? They're avid. Because nobody left. Not one remnant. Sorry to pull it from this family is left. Nobody. 
The last person, that was a girl, she jumped off the roof and she said, I'm the last one. There's nothing left. So among the family, from the, the Chashmanam, there were two brothers, Porkinus and Aristobulus, right? These were the, the Greeks, uh, the Hellenized name. And they were fighting like cats and bulls. Two brothers who each wanted the power. Different versions of the Gemara, who was the one inside Rishlam, who was the one outside Rishlam, doesn't make a difference. But they were mamish fighting like cats and bulls. Like to death. Who's going to control Judea? Who's going to control the little bit that's left of the land of Eretz Israel? Morris has a story that when they were fighting like this, so every day the people inside Yerushalayim would lower down a basket of coins in order to be able to get a shepsel to make a carbon bomb, in order to keep the base of Mikdash still being utilized. One day they put down the thing and they would get the sheep every day. Says the Gemara, on, on one day there was a, uh, uh, an old man. It was an old man. He was very well versed in the Chachmas Yivanis. Laws lahem bechachmas Yivanis, and he was laws. What does laws mean? We don't know. Rashi, when this Gemara is brought down in Menachos, Rashi says laws means remizos. Rashi says he hinted. He was laws. It means he made a remez. He hinted. That's remember we talked about the Rivash. We talked about the Rambam. What does laws mean? Something to do with hinting. But let's hear the case full. So laws of Chachmas He made some sort of a laws of Chachmas Yivanis, and he said, what, what the laws was was basically telling them all the time that they're going to still be bringing the carbon tavern, that the temple is still being used. They're not going to be able to win over us. The Machar Shilshalim Dinarim, the Kupa, the next day they put down the basket with all the money to get the to get the Shabsal to go bring the Karvatabid. And what happened? The Hadulam Khazir. We talked about the Khazir. All Shabbos, no more Khazir for right now. They gave him a Khazir in the basket and they brought it up. And the Khazir was not the part of he put his paws, he put his hooves into the wall. There was Bittal Karben Tamid, and eventually Mushalayim opened up and it was destroyed. So the Gemara says on this story, as a result of this story, the 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 rabbi said the following Her curse is a person who raises pigs. A pig farmer is a curse. And a person is cursed if he teaches his son So now remember, we're talking about this Taisafta and Saita, the Mishnah Saita we saw before. This is the Gemara and Saita. The Gemara and Saita is elaborating on the source of this problem of what of not teaching his son Yavanis. And now we see it's clarified as what? It's not Yavanis, it's Chachmas What does that mean? The Gemara explains that the language of Yavanis was never a problem. The Chachmas Yivanis is the problem, not the language Yivanis. So Mars says, what do you mean Chachmas Yivanis? What exactly is the problem in relation to Chachmas Yivanis? The Mars doesn't say. It's intimated the problem has something to do with the fact that the reason for the destruction of Yerushalayim came about because there was some old Zakin in the city who was lost. So I ask you, what do you think it means lost? We know every time Rashi says the word laws, right? Rashi says, tell you old French. What does the laws mean? What was, huh? 
Yes, what was he doing? What was the old man doing? Was he showing them mathematics treatises? Was he showing them Aristotle's books of physics and metaphysics? I ask you, how was he being loved? Honestly, it obviously doesn't mean that he was opening up a book of, you know, uh, Dante, you know, well, not Dante, Roman. He wasn't opening up a book of, uh, of the Iliad or the Odyssey. What does laws mean? It's not clear. Rashi says in Menachis that laws means remizos. That he hinted, it was something in the hinting that was Yuvanis. But it's not clear. It's not clear. But what is clear is this. There was a fight in Yerushalayim in order to help the ones outside. Either it was Porkins or Aristotle to make a difference. When some old guy in the city is laws Yuvanis to show them that the carbon tumid shouldn't be brought and then you'll be able to win. That wins the day. The carbon tumid is not brought. Yerushalayim pulled. Therefore, does the Gezerah not to teach a kid? Chachmas The Mark says, is it Chachmas Yivanis? Is it speaking Yivanis? No, speaking Yivanis is no problem. Chachmas Yivanis is a problem. But the header for Beis Gamliel. Why? Because the Karvla Malchus. The Shtadlin, he needs to be able to talk to the king. He needs to be able to speak the right language. They're allowed to learn Chachmas Yivanis. Mark concludes that there was, um, that there was uh, uh, another Isser about making a misbah kubi, a certain kind of a, a, a haircut, that, but, they, but again, they allowed it for certain people who were carved about. So what we see from this Gemara is what? What we see from this Gemara is that there is a prohibition, a teacher your kids talk with Yavadis, or, or I shouldn't say a prohibition, a curse, a teacher your kids talk with Yavadis, and the reason, and it's a little bit different than an Isser, it's a, it's a, it's a klala, it's an ar, and what's the logic of it, the reason of it, has something to do with the fact that that caused Jerusalem to be destroyed, which now gives us an interesting context or a background to understand the mission of the Sefer that we saw before. The, <coughs> the, uh, the issue over here is that what is Chachmas Yivanis? If you were laz with it, was he being laz with metaphysics? Like, was he being laz explaining the four elements? Like, like it doesn't seem like that's what he was being laz with. So what was really being asked? All right, so I'll just mention to you quickly that um, the uh, story of Rabbi Shua ben Hanania, Rabbi Shua ben Hanania, the Gemara in the Morning Chagiga says Rabbi Shua ben Hanania was once by the Kefah. He was once by the Roman procurator, and he's there, and it, he's being knocked around by some guy who's being machuilo bekach batzivon. There's some guy who's telling him, the Chochmas Yivanis, that Amma the Nahadarna, you're a nation that God has turned away from. So the Gemara says that Bishu is Machi back to him. He also is Machi back to him with Chochmas Yivanis, telling him that no, the other in a two year old lane, Hashem's hand is outstretched over us. So the Kesar who's sitting there, the, 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 the big uh, Roman procurator says, Bishu, what, what, what's going on? He's watching these guys doing something. What are they doing? They're obviously motioning to each other in some sort of a way. Because otherwise he would know. If they were talking Greek, if they were talking English, whatever it was language, he would know what they were saying. This mockery, this motioning is obviously a way that he didn't understand what was going on, but they did. So he asks them, Rabbi Yeshua, what are you doing? So he says, oh, that guy told me that HaKadosh Baruch was turned away from the Jewish people. So I signal back then that he's 
watching us and protecting us. It's very nice. Then he asks them in. What was going on there between you and Rabbi Shua? He says, oh, I showed him that the, your nation just despised that God's miracle that he turned away from you. Is that here? So he says, it's stimped, right? Both, uh, both, both versions. This is, what did he say back? He says, oh, I have no idea what he said back. So he says to him, Achutzben, you have the chutzpah and the goal to start making signal motions in front of me like you're the big knock who knows what your body is. But you don't understand enough to what he's saying back to you. You're God. Off of his head. Why am I bringing down this Gemara? For two reasons. One, the Gemara of Shemachananya. What do we see from this Gemara of Shemachananya? The same man who said what? Remember, he wasn't the Mishnah Deceptor, right? He was the Deceptor of Adizar. What did Rabbi Shemachanani say? He said, when he was asked, are you allowed to learn Yavanis, a safe for Yavani? What did he say? He said, no. Only in a time that's not day or night. Why? But Rabbi Shua himself is able to be what? Doing this kind of a talking with the hints, with the remises. He's able to talk in Chachmas Yavanis. So this is, um, so the, 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 the Gemara here, I want to be clear, doesn't use the words Chachmas Yavanis. The Gemara says, that it was hinting. But I ask you, it sounds like, based upon what we just saw in the Gemara's before, that the hinting is the, the way many people understand what it means to laz. The laz of Chachmas Yavanis means it was remises. It was some sort of hinting, pantomiming, some sort of riddles. Who knows exactly? I don't know. But it sounds like that's what's going on in this Gemara. That this person, this man, was able to talk in such a language that was not using verbal speaking. Maybe it was a sort of a sign language. And Rabbi Shua understands the language, and he's able to respond back in the language, and he speaks the language better than the man. And of course, as Rabbi Shua said, you're not allowed to study anything except for Torah, because day and night you have to study Torah. Okay? Now, you know that uh, a quick digression. Very quick. You know that uh, Pashas Pinchas, we learn about Pinchas, right? He gets the Brishalim, right? He's a special guy. Why? Right? He, he was kind of like what his says. Both Babu and Shalom say the same thing. That if Pinchas was going to come to Meshach Rabbeinu and say, look, what's the halacha of somebody who's being boiled as pusses? It's a Kanaim Pagan boy, not Kanaim Pagan boy. Should I do that? Chacha, what? The halakha is what? It's absolutely usher to kill him. 100% usher. If you ask the question, 100% usher. The only time that you're allowed to be Mechanifah Kodesh Borku is if you're acting in such a throes of passion for our God that it's not even a question. It's not, there's, not, there's no ability to think rationally. The moment you ask your pastor, I often wonder, you're asking Abishua. Yeshua, are you allowed to take time to study? Like, if you don't see the world as all being molecular arts converted, if you don't see that every single blade of grass is screaming God, then just study Torah. <laughs> like the rest of the world is a biddle for you. It's a problem. I'm not sure that that's a shot of Abishur, but I do wonder. Anyhow, this is not the only example of Abishur, by the way. Abishur Mechananya, Mechayrus tells us a long example. It's a very long story. We're not going to get into it right now. But it's a fantastic one. Look at it. The Gemara says 
that he had a debate with the with the Kesar about the gestation period of a snake. The gestation period of a snake, there, there was a debate. He said it was seven years. The, the guy says, no, no, the scholar showed it's three years. It's not that they already had, um, they were already pregnant for four years. It's impossible. What are you talking about? They were they were able to be Mechabla Zacha and the animal doesn't work in Mechabla Zacha when they're ready. He says, no, they're Mechabla like human beings. The whole debate. So Rabbi Shua says, Rabbi Shua proves that he's right. By the way, in modern day science, the gestation period of a snake is not anywhere near seven years, not even near three years. Some snakes potentially, but snakes can stir sperm for three to four years. So sometimes they can become pregnant four years later and have a baby. You're like, oh my God, like what happened? They've been, no, and it's not parthogenesis. In other words, there's also possible that some reptiles use parthogenesis. Again, not for right now. But be it as it may, the, the fascinating thing is that Rabbi Shua is having this debate with this, with this big Roman guy. And he shows him that he's right. For seven years is the snake's gestational period. So the guy says, you're such a genius. You're such a big time talker. Because, you know, if you guys are so great, then I think you're greater than the scholars in Athens. Show me you can beat those scholars in Athens. He says, the scholars, the chachmei, the beatuni. He says, all right, no problem. He says, how many scholars are there in this Athen Athenian seminary? He says, 60 scholars. He says, no problem. He says, uh, the proof that you can best them in logic is you bring them to me. Says, all right, get me a boat with 60 rooms and 60 beds and all that. And the basically the whole story is how he convinces these Athenian scholars through using their mamish riddles, the whole thing is riddles back and forth until they say, oh, you're, 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 you know, your stuff. And he gets them onto the boat. They all think they're coming, uh, you know, to, to meet with him because they, they don't have that all of them are coming because it's 60 separate rooms. And in the end, he brings them back to Israel and showing the dominance of the Jews over the Greeks. This is the story in the Gemara B'cheres of Rabbi Shumachananya. I bring down this story also because again, it shows you that what? Rabbi Shumachananya, even though he said in the Sefta in Avodah Zara, that what? That Mahu Lalamed has been safe for Yavani? He said, absolutely not. He said, only in the time it's not day or night. However, However, Rabbi Shuba Kanani himself, we see from the various different commercials that we just quoted that what? He was absolutely a bucky himself in Chachmat Yovanis. He was able to beat the Athenian scholars. He's able to be doing remises. He's able to beat the men in front of the Roman procurator. And Rabbi Shuba Kanani himself is absolutely um, um, predominant in this. The Gemara gives another example. I shouldn't say the Gemara, the Medrash. The Medrash Rabbah says, the same story about the snake in the seven years. And you know what the message says? Unbelievable story. The same story with the snake, seven years, three years, all this. And the, the, the message says that the, the Roman scholars, they were banging their heads in the wall. Like, how did this Jew get to this level? And here he doesn't say he knows any science. Here, Rabbi Shua says he quotes him to prove the point of how long the gestational period is. So in other words, what's he saying? It's all terror. Everything is terror. All right. By the way, there's one more story maybe to mention about Rishua. That's a, it's a very interesting Gemara in Harriet. Gemara says that um, that uh, Gamliel and Rishua, remember, they, they, the ones who didn't get along by Rosh Hashanah right about the calendar time. So Gemara says that they're both getting on a boat and they're going to travel. And, and Gamliel packed, you know, like uh, like we would pack. And, and Rishua packed like our mothers would pack. I mean, like, you, you ever been on one of these planes? It's like 
you know, the plane didn't even take off. Before COVID, the plane didn't even take off. The, the, the amount of food that's coming out is like, oh my God. It's, we're, we're literally traveling to Miami. We're not traveling to Israel. It's going to be two hours on the plane. Like, why do you have to have 17 sandwiches? Like, but you know, the plane might break, you know, they may, the, the wheels might may be delayed. You know, you have to know. So, turns out the boat journey takes a very long time. And Rabbi Gamliel says, to be sure, you know, you have so much extra food. Can I have some? I have nothing. Yeah, no problem. So Rabbi Gamliel says, Rabbi Shua, how did you know? How did you know to pack so much? So many provisions. It doesn't say Rabbi Shua back. It doesn't say back like, you know, I pack like my mother. He didn't say that. By the way, you remember the Gemara says, Rabbi Shua Mechanani's mother, right? What would she do when she was pregnant, right? With him, she wanted her son to learn Torah so much. What did she do? When he was born, she would take him, put his crib, Next to the base commanders, they should always be hearing sounds of terror. So the Mars says that Rishon Mechanani doesn't say that he did like his mom. No, he says because every seventy years there's a comet that comes around and messes up with the sea bearing and it makes things get slower on the ocean. Now, what comet comes around every seventy years? We know today it's Haley's comet, right? So we don't know that it has any impact on seafaring. So we we have no example of that. Maybe in the old days it had an impact, basically. So Rangamlis is such a genius, meaning this is not the Roman prosecutor. This is now Rangamlil. Who himself is what? Enough. Who himself has got to be a buggy and what? He says to him, sure, you know so much about astronomy. And, and you're coming on these ships. I have to go on the ships because I'm the nuts. I got to go knock with the Romans because I have to do my job. What, what are you doing? Stay in Israel. You're such a genius. And he says, I'm... I'm so poor, I have to mamish go out to do Parnasta. And basically challenging the Gamlila, he doesn't know. By the way, this is a proof that this Gemara in Harris is what? Took place before the Gemara in Brachas. Remember the Gemara in Brachas? That after they put her Blessed Benazariah up as the leader, right? And, they, they, and then they had her right? Accepted forgiveness from Gamlila. Gamlila asked him for forgiveness. So then they, what do they do? They have to put Rabbi Gamliel back up because he's a Nazi. So they ended up dividing it up. They gave three weeks to Rabbi Gamliel, one week to Rabbi Elizabeth Nazariah. If you remember, Rabbi Gamliel went to the house of Rabbi Shua and what? To ask him Mechila. And he walked in, he saw the house is black with soot. He couldn't afford a good heating system. The house is black with soot. And he says, this is how you live. And Rabbi Shua says back to him, oy, 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 that the leader of the Jewish people doesn't know how the Jewish people live. So the riot that this Gemara is what? Had to have taken place before the Gemara brothers, right? Because he already would have known how Rabbi Shur lived. He would have known why he has to go traveling around the world to try to make a, a, a dollar. All right. Anyway, enough digression. But the last thing I will mention, we're, we're running out of time. We started a little late today because of the uh, davening. Um, there's another Medrashrava, very interesting. Every, everyone heard of the, 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 uh, this fable, I'm sure. Maybe you grew up with it, maybe not, but I'm sure you heard of it by now. The during the times of Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua Mechanania, they they said that the Jewish people could rebuild the temple. Nobody knows necessarily remembers this. They said they could rebuild the third temple. It started the 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 Kusim, whatever the guy who were there weren't very happy. They stopped it in its tracks. The Kitzar Maisa, what happened was is that they want to rebel against the Romans, like big time rebel. And so they come to rebel against the Romans. Rabbi Shua says, don't rebel. Rabbi Shua says, don't rebel. Why not? 
Rabbi says, why not rebel? Rabbi Shua says, you know, there's a story. The story is you have uh, the crane, it's a bird, right? That uh, the lion has a bone stuck in his teeth. And he says, whoever can take out the bone, I'm going to give a big reward. So the crane has a long, uh, long beak. And he comes and he takes out the bone in the back of the lion's mouth. He was a dentist and comes out of the lion's mouth and the, uh, says to the lion, no, my reward, please. What does the lion say back to him? Get out of here. You can walk around and tell people you went through a lion's mouth and came out alive is reward enough. Right? This is Aesop's fable. Right? This is a very famous fable of Aesop uh, that Rabbi Shua is quoting. Rabbi Shua Mechanani is familiar with Aesop's fables and he's using them in his conversations with the Jewish people. Telling them not to revolt. So why am I showing all these stories of Rabbi Shua? To get across the point that the person who was Bishita against learning safe for Yavani because of Bittu is himself an expert in Yavani. And may very well be that he knows it because of Sukkim and the Torah. It may well be that he never opened the Sefer Yavani. I have no proof. But clearly that he's clear with the idioms of the time. With that, we will conclude for now. Have a good day. I get in Chaydash.